Okay, and welcome to the latest edition of the Yahoo Finance Podcast. I am Yahoo Finance reporter Miles Udlin. I am joined today by reporter Dan Roberts. And before we lose most of our audience, we're going to talk about golf. So golf. We're going to talk about golf um, as a professional sport, golf as a recreational sport, golf as a business, most importantly. Um, but let's start with what happened this past weekend. It's actually probably one of the biggest, let's say, 10-day stretches for golf here. We had the U.S. Open, which is always a big event. And then last week, Jordan Spieth, who, Dan, would you say he's the most famous golfer uh, playing today? Outside uh, of Tiger Woods, if we assume he's sort of done playing the sport? Maybe after Phil Mickelson. Oh, that's right. Uh, certainly, yeah. arguably the best right now, but I don't think the most well-known among mainstream sports fans. Right. So I guess for folks in our industry, we think about him as a key Under Armour athlete. Uh, so Jordan Spieth, 23-year-old right. kid from Texas, one of the best golfers to come along in maybe 20 years, won a very exciting event up in Connecticut. But uh, I know, Dan, you were there. I was watching on TV, and it seemed like it was you know high energy. There were a lot of people there. The, the crowds were packed. Um, I know it's a very compact course. Everyone can see the last sort of four or five holes. Um, but Dan, let's just start with uh, let's start with the travelers and Jordan Spieth and sort of the whole state of professional golf, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm glad you said that it's compact and you can see all the holes. That's that's definitely true. And I hadn't thought as much about that, but that's probably a big part of the experience. And you know, I am bringing some of my own sort of personal bias to this, but I, I went to the event just as a spectator. And you and I always talk about the unique thing with golf is that when you talk about being a fan of pro golf, people assume, and usually immediately they ask, oh, and you golf, or what's your handicap, or do you golf? I mean, maybe the other sport that happens with is, is tennis, perhaps. But, you know, if you say, I love the NBA, people don't say, oh, and you love playing basketball? They wouldn't ask that. Right. But with golf, people assume that if you like watching the pros, you must also play yourself. Uh, I don't. I've never played. I would be open to trying it. You've but never played. I've never played golf. I've gone to the driving range. But I love both watching the majors and following the business of golf. And it's a business that, as we know, has been very bad for the last few years. Uh, all the major numbers and indicators, bad. Uh, rounds of golf played in the U.S. were down many years in a row. I think recently they, they just ticked up a tiny bit again. Yeah, they were up fractionally in 2015 and 2016, right. but they were down about 4% back in 2013. So it's really been... Uh, you know, that's off a low base, I guess, as the Wall Street analyst community would say. Yeah, suffice to say, it's it's not fair yet to say, oh, it's coming back. Uh, and in addition, the golf equipment business has been just terrible, uh, exemplified best by the fact that both Nike and Adidas made a complete exit in the last year. Uh, Adidas was desperate to sell off TaylorMade, which was once the number one by market share club maker. Uh, finally, it did sell it into private equity recently. Uh, and that was interesting because it opened up a number of athletes' endorsement options. You know, formerly if you were sponsored by TaylorMade, it also meant you were sponsored by Adidas and you wore Adidas gear. Now that TaylorMade won't be owned by Adidas, you could have a deal with TaylorMade for clubs and rep Nike for golf apparel. Uh, Nike Golf used to include clubs, you know, it manufactured clubs. Not anymore. It got rid of clubs and balls. And now Nike Golf is just shoes and apparel. So all of that is bad. But, you know, Travelers is a really interesting example. Uh, this is a tournament that was thought dead a decade ago. Uh, there wasn't a sponsor. It kind of got Travelers Insurance at the last second. And still, in the last few years, not that buzzy or notable of a tournament. But this year you had Spieth and Rory play for the first time. So that alone was a big coup, and it meant there would be more interest. Jason Day played for the third or fourth time. Mm -hmm. But then the way that it ended, now, of course, you could say, will this make people actually watch a golf tournament who wouldn't have? I don't know. But having been there in person, 
it was thrilling, and it was like nothing I would have expected from golf. I mean, people were shrieking in excitement and jumping up and down. It felt like the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals, but it was a golf tournament in Connecticut. Yeah, well, I did see um, something, I think this was Austin Karp at Sports Business Journal tweeted that the number for CBS on Sunday was a 2.7 overnight, uh, which is, you know, fine for a professional golf event, but it was the second best PGA Tour event, so that excludes the Masters in the U.S. Open this year on any network. So people obviously want to watch um, Jordan Spieth play. Uh, but let's go back a little bit to the sort of equipment issue and then maybe the, the recreational, sort of how the business of golf, I think, speaks most directly to the recreational golfer. So unlike you, I am a recreational golfer. Um, and then you kind of look, you look through your bag and you're like, oh, you know, what could I replace? What have I just gotten? What do mm-hmm. I need? And there's always something you could buy, but you just sort of end up getting new irons every five or six years. You get a new driver every five or six years. And these are sort of, you know, I can go on my Twitter feed and see... Callaway and Titleist tweeting about, oh, we got to get special edition Pro V1s for the holiday. And, you know, Callaway's like, our new, uh, you know, GBB irons are out or whatever. And they cost like 1800 bucks for a set. You know, <sighs> only people who belong to, you know, only people who have the money to do it, they're going to buy it. You know, even if you play a lot of golf, you're probably not going to buy those. Um, so, you know, you talked about Pro, you know, kind of pros changing up their sponsorship and what that meant for those brands. But I think that. The, the sales overall speak more to the health of the recreational golfer. I know you have some numbers on that, on sort of how these things down the category, through the bag, whether it's the bag itself, the clubs, the shoes, the balls, how these speak to how much people are really playing. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that too often everyone who talks about the state of golf in terms of its popularity and its health, they conflate the pro level with recreational. And I think that actually uh, those... Sure, they often go together in tandem and they go hand in hand. And you would think that if people are playing lots of golf, you know, they also are watching golf, as we discussed before. Uh, But I think right now there are some positive indicators for pro golf, uh, whereas everything is kind of bleak for recreational golf. So let's focus on the recreational. As you said, I mean, sometimes we talk about recession-proof businesses or recession-proof products. Well, fancy golf clubs are definitely not one of those. I mean, if, if the market is bad and if the economy is down, why would you be in any hurry to replace your clubs? God knows, these clubs, if they're well enough made, should last 30 years, right? So normally, if you're replacing them every, whatever the average used to be 20 years ago, maybe it was every three years, or maybe you refresh your bag every, every two I, years, I don't even well, why know, would you do that now? I don't even know if the market really existed 30 years ago, because it was such a... It, then the cliche was true 30 years ago that it was a niche um, country club sport for mm. old white guys. And I think old white guys are probably most of the people who play now, but there are more people out there. Uh, the problem is that, you know, I guess, you know, I, I just remember when I was playing Little League, there'd be like, there's a new bat every year. And right. it, it kind of would matter, but a couple kids on the team would get the new bat, but usually, you know, you didn't get the new bat. And I feel like that's the same thing with golf, where could I get five more yards if I got the new Callaway driver? Maybe. But am I going to go spend 450 bucks on a new driver? I just got one two years ago. That's fine. You Especially know, because how often are you playing? I don't care that much. Right. I'm playing 12 rounds a year, 15 Oof, rounds a year. So, you know, God knows it's not fun to do that math, but if you did upgrade your driver and upgraded your putter and, and then you divide yeah. out by 12, you're paying it's a certain amount per basically time. basically like 10, 20 bucks a swing Oof. on an actual course. Can't right? even think about it. Yeah. So here's some numbers from uh, Matt really Powell. I should get a new hobby is the <laughs> lesson here. These are numbers from Matt Powell, who is a great um, kind of sneaker analyst with NPD Group. 
And uh, we often talk to him in the context of Nike versus Adidas versus Under Armour, and that's always fun. And uh, he famously, uh, on Twitter, he's the guy who denies uh, Kanye West's role in Adidas' recent comeback. So I, I love watching him spar with people who say, yes, it's all Kanye, give Kanye the credit. He says, no, no, no Kanye. Quick aside, do you think it's Kanye? I think that Kanye's influence on Adidas' comeback in America is not zero. That's okay. what I think. It's not zero. So it's like I don't know if it's the like number Kanye, one thing. Kanye it's not and the Adidas number one thing. is another version of the uh, liberal ESPN situation. Oh, absolutely! Him. It's a topic for another podcast. But you know, there is uh, another podcast you can download <laughs> on the iTunes app. You can find That's the Yahoo it. Finance podcast. Dan and I and Jen yep. Rogers discuss ESPN. Get our ESPN podcast now. Matt has an interesting post just recently on on the golf business. Golf equipment sales for 2016 down in the low single digits. Okay. Uh, it's not great, but you know, call that three percent, four percent. Now, equipment includes lots of different things. Now, club sales specifically down in the high single digits. So, call that eight, nine percent. That's not good. And as Matt mentions here in his blog post, club sales an indicator of new players adopting the game. So that's not good. Uh, Golf balls, which down, are an yeah, indicator. Down three, four percent versus five percent. Well, fine. okay. Uh, now, that's an interesting thing because <laughs> if everything's down and Adidas has exited and Nike has exited. You know, there, there are a couple ways to look at that. You could say, well, actually, this is good for Callaway. And indeed, Callaway equipment sales for 2016 grew in the mid-teens. That's good. TaylorMade declined again. Nike declined again. That makes sense. There's a reason they wanted to get out of this. Callaway stock, by the way, up 27% over the there last year. There you go. Year. Ticker so, Yep. And so there are some ways to view this as, look, this is nice for, for some of these brands. But overall, I think the health of the recreational game is not good. And I know that Matt specifically is is not at all bullish on on the future. Now, I think that there's a way in which the pro game can help boost the recreational game, and it should. Uh, That hasn't happened in the last few years. Uh, A lot of people love to put all of this, all of this, squarely on the shoulders of Tiger Woods. They say, you know, without Tiger, decline in golf, and they track it, and they say as soon as Tiger had his meltdown and now he hasn't been competing, look at where it's gone. And it's hard to argue that that isn't the case, or at least the Tiger has had no role because the years do track perfectly. It's like, okay, things started to decline in golf sales 08, 09. 09 was when Tiger had his personal scandal and, and nothing was ever the same. Now, then again, though, 09 was also when the recession say, happened. That tracks so the financial crisis all these nicely. things happened at the same time. Right. Now, I, I don't think it's Tiger. That being said, when I say, no, 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 it's not about Tiger Woods, people say, okay, well then, who's the current star whose stardom and popularity is anywhere near what Tiger's was. And honestly, I don't think this is unfair. There is none. The answer is none. Uh, People in the golf world love to say, no, we have lots of young stars right now. Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth. Yes, 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 all true. But I'm sorry, none of those is a Tiger-level star because it has to be someone who is both charismatic and interesting and wins. And Spieth wins, Rory wins. They're just not compelling. The personality is not there. Then you have Ricky Fowler. Interesting, fun, dresses interesting, kids love him, doesn't win majors. But so I so I agree that um, you're never going to have another Tiger Woods. He was probably the most famous athlete in the world when he was at the top of his game 06, 07. Yep. I mean, he wasn't particularly charismatic. He had a great idea around who he was, but if you go back and watch those interviews of him from 04, 05 or whatever, in 97, right, he's just kind of very boring. You're right. I um, should say he had the story. 
Yes. You're right. In fact, yes. he was so walled off by his agent, famously, that he almost never did interviews. He was so tight-lipped. And I always like to say, gosh, that's a, a management issue, you know, the way they handled him. His handlers early on decided he's going to be this family man image. That's what he had as the story. They should have let him be like the Dennis Rodman of golf if they had just let him be, you know, a bad boy. Because now we see what he was really like. He was having all these affairs, which, fine, you know, own it. But instead, they, they built him up into this image of this amazing family person who adores his wife and kids and adores his father and has a close relationship with his father. And, you know, it really was a veneer. In hindsight, it sort of, um, sort of it seemed inevitable that it would have gone the way it did, right? It was, it was yeah. too good to be true. Yeah. Um, but let's go back to this idea that pro golf can kickstart the recreational game. So I know that I went to the PGA last year. It was out in New Jersey, PGA Championship. It was at Baldus Roll. Um, and I had just kind of picked up the game uh, year before, kind of, and so you just go to the range and like watch these guys hit balls, and you're like, oh my god, like I, you know, <laughs> it's cool. I thought I hit a ball, I thought I had like nice contact a couple times, no, and then don't. you see yeah. these guys, it's insane, right? Yeah. But you can only appreciate that when you're there. It's it's very much like watching uh, tennis live. So and I think ever, hockey too, a yeah. sport you have to be there live. Yeah. I mean, well, look, we're we're talking about professional sports; they're all amazing in person, but I think. Uh, to go way back, you made a point about how um, you know we assume golf fans on TV play the sport because it's so obvious no normal person could play in the NBA. No normal person could play in the NFL, yeah. even baseball. Like You know that most people, a lot of people played baseball when they were kids. There was one kid in Little League who threw 68, and then you see everyone's throwing 95. It's like, obviously, no normal person can do that. But a lot of golfers just look like normal guys. So, yeah, I mean, Boo Weekly, who was in the final group with Jordan sure. Spieth, is like an overweight guy in his mid-40s. So yeah. he's not... John Daly? Yeah, doesn't particularly <laughs> exude um, elite athlete. But having just been to an event, did you, one, see a lot of kids there, and two, did you kind of understand why just watching the pros, seeing the pros up close, because you're standing right next to them, could perhaps kickstart a younger generation of golfers or bring folks who, you know, kind of... The economy was tough. They lost their job. They got another job. Now they've moved on and said, yeah, you know what? I do have some time. Maybe I will pick that up as a hobby. Yeah, I'm very glad you asked that uh, about getting people to the course, getting people to the event, because that's key. And there's an interesting parallel here. That is something that Major League Baseball has been pushing like crazy for the last two years. Uh, there's a, a popular narrative that, you know, ooh, baseball is struggling and its popularity is in decline. Well, sure, compared to the NFL, which is a monster and dominates the sports news cycle all year, and compared to the NBA, which is very hot right now and especially hot abroad, sure. But baseball, of course, you know, baseball is not going anywhere. Personally, I love baseball. I think it's the best sport. But MLB knows that it must uh, attract young fans. And I mean really young, you know, kids. They need yeah. to get 10, 11, 12-year-olds caring about baseball because you get them while they're young. Uh, it's like anything else. Uh, golf has that same issue where, you know, you can't just think, well, everyone will magically become a golf fan in their 40s or 50s. They'll age into it. Well, no, they've got to get young fans because then the young fans will become the old fans. Can't just rely on the olds. And if, and if you watch a golf broadcast, kind of much like baseball, it, it channels in nostalgia. Absolutely. It, it, the golf true. broadcast assumes that it's fathers and sons. Yes, and there's a pacing to it. Yes, uh, yes. And of course, <laughs> anecdotally, I am, am an example of what I'm saying they need to fix, which is I never cared about golf, never cared about golf, thought it was boring. Uh, same, same is true of country music. I thought I would never like country. Everyone's going to love this podcast. And then all of a sudden, well, all of a sudden I, I reached a certain age. You know, I'm, I'm 29. Uh, I'll be 30 in a month. 
And maybe in the last two years, I suddenly, A, liked country music a lot more, and B, I started to love watching golf. And part of why I loved one watching those, it on TV was its pace. One of those is on trend, though. Country music yeah. is, is, is Oh, it's gotten now. much hotter it's in the New York. New, it's the new yeah, sort it's of probably not a, a totally fair comparison, but I just yeah. mean no, but things I that I always dismissed when I was young yeah. that now I love. And I have loved watching the majors for the last two years, although I've really only watched the majors, no other tournaments. And now going to an event... And I should say that I did go to the Masters two years ago, but I was there in a reporter capacity. I was with Gary Player. I profiled him in Fortune and Sports Illustrated. So I kind of hung out with Gary. I wasn't really watching the tournament as a fan. This was my first ever time going to a golf tournament. I went all of Sunday where I could just relax and enjoy it. And it was a thrill. And yes, as I looked around, everyone was young. Everyone was young. And I thought, this is really encouraging. Now, part of this is that this course is very kind of centrally located. It's right outside Hartford. It was easy to get to. I mean, there wasn't really a public transportation aspect, but you could have come from New York City. You could have come from Jersey. You could have come from D.C., Boston, lots of different places. You could have decided, I'm going to drive for the day. And the other thing they do, and of course some purists would say, oh, this is depressing. I don't like this, but I get it. There's this huge area that you almost forgot you were at a golf event. It felt like a music festival. There were a ton of food stalls, games for the kids, putting contests, a bouncy castle, a huge slide. So there were young families with little babies and kids, and then there were also a lot of young people in their 20s. And I thought, oh, this is, this is really encouraging. Yeah, I mean, it's like a thing to do, right? You need to make it more than, again, just going and watching a quiet Absolutely. golf tournament. Absolutely, and then... And people, Being on the 18th, now, of course, it benefits from the fact that there was a, an exciting playoff this year. Yeah. You can't always get that, and, you know, sometimes it it's just doesn't end up being that exciting, and that happens sometimes even at a major, and you think, oh, that's a shame. Uh, actually, I, I had someone mention to me that uh, when Sergio won the Masters uh, just, what, two months ago, that that bombed for them in terms of viewer interest. Uh, someone, let's just say, from a major sports network mentioned that to me. And I guess that meant in terms of just interest in you know the Masters and in Sergio as a talking point. And that's not shocking to me. I personally, I love Sergio. But, you know, yes, it needs some young, vibrant stars who also are dominant. Yes, it needs some kind of better marketing. But I just, I don't think pro golf is going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, so um, a couple things to unpack there. The first is that I've heard a lot of people refer to the idea that when the PGA Tour comes to town, it's like a big festival event, and you go to an event, and it's you know there's trailers everywhere. To your point, there's that whole uh, fan zone area. The PGA Tour wasn't quite the same situation, um, but the, I think the galleries are much bigger there because it's a more um, kind of high-profile mm, event. Probably more buttoned and, up a little bit too. Um, that act, it was actually funny. The uh, going to Baldusfall was like uh, it was like an outdoor frat party. Oh, it was interesting. Crazy. Okay. And I'm sure that any that's members who hear this would hate to hear that that's how the tournament <laughs> went down. But it was it was right. It was, so it was July 2016. It was kind of right before the election. Mm. Everyone was yelling Harambe after every shot. Oh my it was goodness! Crazy. Oh yes, I should say. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned this was my first time really going, and you don't realize on TV it looks so pleasant and and no, it's rowdy. quiet. Oh, it's rowdy. Yeah. I mean, every putt, the second the ball comes off the yeah. putter, someone yells "Get in the hole!" Yeah. Or or you know, people would yell nicknames like Daniel Berger was doing great, and they would yell "Cheeseburger" and all kinds of stupid stuff. Boo Weekly every time he he sank a putt, they would go "Boo!" Uh, it, it was rowdy for yeah. golf, and I and I think that that's kind of a great um, in, uh, you know kind of a battleground for the game, right? Because I think a lot of people who play golf, um, you know, older folks, I think, who play golf have just an impression that it's a time to, for everyone to be quiet and relaxed and be yeah. out in nature or Oh, whatever. there's a tension but there, yeah. Look, any course you're playing in the Northeast, 
out in nature, you can hear the you hear the parkway from the chorus, right? Right. It's, yeah, it's right, on the, it's right on the main road. Yeah. So you know, who are we kidding? Um, but yeah, it was it was sort of like this this big rowdy event, and I thought that that was interesting. Now you were talking about it compared to baseball, and I think it's a great comparison because that's kind of the same idea where it's a way to kill an afternoon. Uh, here in New York City, a lot of people like to go, you know, get on the four train or Yankee Stadium in forty minutes, get on the seven. Well, I'll probably get delayed along the way, but you might be <laughs> at City Field in forty five minutes. Um, but you know, you go there, you have a few drinks, you have some food, and it's just kind of something to do. So I don't know. I mean, maybe turning this just towards the sports space more generally. Um, the NFL and the NBA, to me, seem to be just sports of the moment. They're pop culture events. The people who play them are stars well beyond just being baseball, uh, just being you know athletes, right? Um, whereas in baseball, no one knows who the best players are. It's no true. one really cares, um, per se. You know, Clayton Kershaw isn't particularly compelling. Oh, no. Mike Trout no, is there's probably no the famous most, star right now outside. Mike of baseball. Trout has has roughly the personality of this table. <laughs> Um, I don't think I've ever heard him speak. And I mean, he's only what twenty two, twenty three, and uh, and I think that you know golf is sort of in the same spot in the sense that people seem to be so confident that the game is in a good place, even though it's kind of an anonymous field week to week. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I agree with you, and in fact, it goes back to Tiger. Everyone says, you know, now it's down because it misses Tiger. Well, actually, it's more like this was a correction, and the however many years it was of Tiger's dominance were the anomaly. That was the, yes, that was the anomaly is when you had someone who was killing it, winning tournaments, and he attracted an audience of people that normally wouldn't watch golf. Now he's gone, maybe they're gone, sure. But I mean, I think people should focus less on when can we get someone who's the new Tiger and just let golf be what it is. Uh, You know, yes, it, it, you know, it varies from tournament to tournament, fine. That You know, it can be rowdy, it can be young, it can be all these things. But, I mean, overall, I do think that, as you say, like baseball, it is a different pace kind of thing. It's a slower, takes a little patience, it, it's relaxing. Uh, you know, you, you, it's a sit-back kind of experience. NFL, oh, you know, every second watching and, oh, you know, there might be an interception. Oh, my God, it's a touchdown. There just aren't well, the moments like that in golf. There's a few in far between. Yeah, exactly. Chattering, right. Um, So let golf be what it is. Yeah, but I I mean, as we're talking, I'm thinking of something that I think Damon John told you back at the All Market Summit that we put on here. Yes, the Yahoo Finance All Day Live Um, event. Yeah. He's (laughs) great day. Uh, You can find the archive video on Yahoo (laughs) Finance. He, what did he say? Like golf, I think he said golf is the most boring thing ever. Yes. Yeah. Why did you ask him about golf? How did that? I didn't ask him about golf. He uh, mentioned it in the context of some other question. He said something, something is sort of like golf. You know, golf is the most boring thing ever. But, and he just kind of, yeah, he threw that out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, thinking about (laughs) that. It made for a good tweet, but yeah, I didn't think it was fair. I mean, thinking about that culturally, like, I I do kind of get this sense. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just, like, projecting myself onto everything else, which is likely. But that, you know, the fact that golf is a slower, more boring kind of event um, forces you to sit back. It might have a place in a culture in which people sort of feel a little bit too pressed all the time. I mean, we're sitting here, maybe we're too myopic because we're sitting in the newsroom on our Twitter feeds all day seeing the news flow and everything seems so chaotic. But, I mean, baseball's in a pretty good spot as a sport overall, and I do wonder if there's a blueprint for golf um, professionally and then, you know, 
the game needs that to trickle down to the recreational level. There are things like Top Golf, which might be turning the tide. I'm not sure exactly right. how popular oh, that is. There's a lot of golf tech we get pitched on it all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. I don't know the it's extent sort of, to which it's, it's having an impact. Is, it's all technology, right? Yeah. I, you no know, we, there are a bunch of companies that, that bring GoPros onto the golf course right. and they do trick shots. And those are fun on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm not sure if they make people watch golf. Uh, but, you know, a, a question that you sort of are approaching that is another interesting, worthwhile question is just kind of, is golf still the sport of business? You know, it was always known as that's where you'd go to to hammer out the deal. And boy, eight months ago, people said, no, you know, it's fading, it's fading. But you know what? Uh, we have to mention, we currently have a president who is a mega, mega golf nut. You know, he has played, what, 20 times already in his short presidency? Played quite a bit. You know, and, and I would let's love, not... I would love to have played as much as the president has. Well, so right. Far, sure. And let's not get into the politics of that and, and you know, whether, whether holding a, a major golf tournament at a course owned by the current president is controversial because that's going to happen soon. But suffice to say, it can't be bad for the public profile of golf. I mean, golf is much more visible right now than a year ago because we're seeing that the president of the United States is on his golf course every weekend. Uh, so I think it is still the sport of business. I think it is still, uh, you know, woven into the fabric of many parts of America. Well, what do you say to the idea, though, that um, fitness is the sport of business, that like triathlons, distance running, uh, elite cycling is something that I know a lot of hedge funders and Silicon Valley types have gotten into? Um, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like Trump represents a time gone by in business. And so that the idea that golf is a sport of business is an idea uh, really like a, a pre-crisis kind of pre-financial crisis kind of idea. You know, in the housing boom, when everyone was building developments around golf courses in Arizona and, Las, and you know, Las Vegas, Florida, and so on and so forth, that was that idea that that would be indefinite. And obviously that, that has not played out. Well, and it is you're right that uh, golf had a similar thing happen to the housing crisis where they overbuilt. Uh, you know, two years ago, there was much ado made about the fact that more golf courses were closing every year, which I think is still the case, although it has maybe leveled out. But more golf courses were closing every year in the U.S. than were opening. You know, it had, it had reversed. And that, I thought, was overly interpreted as, oh, golf is dead. It was actually just that they overbuilt when there was a boom. And now instead they're heading abroad and abroad in many markets, not China, which has been overhyped and golf isn't doing as well there as PGA Tour would like. But in many other foreign markets, uh, there is still a boom in opening fancy golf courses. I mean, many of these guys... That's a big part of their business is designing golf courses in India and in Egypt. Yeah, Jack uh, Nicklaus licensing his name. Right? Absolutely. I, they all do it. Gary did it. Palmer did it. Tiger is doing it still. Uh, so I guess all that just adds up to, you know, we can sort of get granular about its year-to-year popularity in the U.S., but I think that, you know, we would be remiss not to mention that globally, I think golf as a pastime is still very popular. Yeah, and um, a it's final not going point. away. Uh, or a final topic, which which also speaks to something else um, I know you write about a lot, which is sports ratings, live TV, the future of the bundle, all this. Um, if you look at the purse size, so the amount of money that any given tournament pays out to all the players who make the cut, uh, purses are just through the roof. Oh, I yeah. mean, insanely big. The purse at the U.S. Open this year was $12 million. Um, Brooks Kepka, who won that event, got $2.2 million for winning the U.S. Open, which was $400,000 more than Dustin Johnson got the year before. Pretty good. $400,000 increase right. in one year 
for what is, yeah, sure, it's a signature tournament, but that is an insane amount of money. Jordan Spieth won over a million dollars this weekend for winning. Um, so, you know, golf is obviously levered to the bundle. Um, CBS is their yep. biggest corporate sponsor. Well, not I shouldn't. It's not a corporate sponsor. It's their television partner. Yeah. Um, their biggest broadcast partner. NBC does a lot with the PGA Tour and golf events. They air, I think, the British Open. That sounds NBC right. And does. NBC has Golf Channel. NBC has Golf Channel, which does a lot of the coverage. Golf Channel usually airs the first two rounds of every PGA right. Tour uh, event. So, I mean, what are the prospects there? Because the money for the pros is obviously impacting the talent pool. I mean, if you look at the quality of player week to week, it's just it's just way higher than it was 10 years ago. There's just no two ways about it. The reason there is no Tiger partly is because there's no Tiger and partly because the guys now, in my opinion, are just better than they were 10 years ago, top to bottom. The technology is better. The difference between 10 and 40 in the world now is not very big. Right, uh, And Absolutely. it used to be... You know that would be a degree of player, and well, and that's that's been very good, I think, for ratings and for general excitement because there's a lot of parity. Uh, there's great parity in golf right now. It's not five guys, and you know that one of those five will win every tournament. I mean, look, we had Danny Willett win the Masters what last year, and uh, yeah. yeah, not the most recent one, but the year before. I, I, every you know, we had Henrik Stenson uh, win one of the majors what in the last two years. Uh, every yeah, he won the British Open. Last the year. British Open. So you have guys who the average casually interested golf fan may have never even heard of winning tournaments. And I think it's a good thing because there's parity. It means that at every single event, anyone could win. Look at the fact that at the Travelers this weekend, yes, uh, Spieth went uh, wire to wire, as it's called. He was, he was winning the entire time. But Boo Weekly was right with him. And I just happened to be standing near um, a family member of Boo Weekly's, and she said, uh, we just haven't been in this position in so long. I mean, anyone can just emerge and be in second and be a strong contender. He was right with Spieth, you know, just one or two strokes behind him until like the 16th hole. Yeah. And then um, I think his, his, approach, his approach on 14 ended up right. way left. And he, but, uh, he didn't get up and down on 15. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, viewers, but yeah, I mean, our listeners I, are so interested <laughs> in the, the particulars of how he played. Well, look, it's just... I think it's a good thing, and yes, it, it's right of you to mention the purses. I mean, boy, if golf was really dead and people love to scream and shriek, oh, golf, golf is so dead, well, wouldn't the purses start to go down? And instead, they've gone up. And let's also mention Golf Channel, uh, owned by NBC Universal. They have repeatedly, maybe three times a year for the last two years, come out with numbers on, you know, X tournament, not even a major, was our most streamed ever. We had our highest millennial audience ever. Uh, a lot of positive indicators. Day one of the Ryder Cup. And, you know, the Ryder Cup, something that the average person maybe doesn't know about or doesn't understand. Uh, That was Golf Channel's most watched Friday ever. And it was also its most streamed day of coverage ever. That was last year. So everything is peaking at the right time. Uh, I do think that you'll start to see over-the-top products that involve golf. Uh, PGA Tour has been praised for its mobile app and for its its product. I mean, I think if you look your, at... Your favorites over at Bam Tech? <laughs> well, that's probably who would do it. Oh, no, they, they do power uh, oh, they PGA do. Tour's video. Uh, yeah, ML Bam Tech. But, you know, it's like ESPN had a cricket product, and it was a tablet-only cricket subscription product that actually did very, very well because everywhere but the U.S., you know, people love cricket. They will pay for it. I think you could start to see something like that offered for golf. And you know what? I would pay. I would pay for a product that lets me see... Every day and every minute of all four majors on an iPad or phone, if there's a you know flat 
annual rate. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll start to see that come, something like that. Of course, they have to get out of these long entrenched TV deals. But uh, yeah, look, I think I think pro golf is healthy, and we'll see if it helps make recreational golf healthier. Yeah, well, I you know maybe golf has reached an inflection point and it and it can't get worse for the recreational golfer, but uh, we will see. All right, so Dan Roberts, thanks for joining us uh, today again. I'm Miles Adam with Yahoo Finance. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Yahoo Finance podcast on iTunes. Download, please listen and uh, leave us a review. That would be great. And we'll see you next time. And we'll see you on the course. Yes, <laughs> and the range, and everywhere else. 